Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Jackson McCurry. No Anthony Jokey on this episode, but we do have a special guest. It is my longtime friend, former co-host with the Top Dogs Podcast, but I'm always happy to talk to him. I'm always happy to have him back here on the Dogland Podcast. It's not other than Maverick himself, Alex Hale. Mav, what's up, brother? Hey, Goose. I guess we're going to call this episode the Top Dogs. Like, this is the Top Dogs Invasion show. Oh, you know. Sorry, Jokey. You had a chance to enjoy this, but you failed. He has you know, the like link Lindor so he can still in big, pop in. Like, like Lindor in clutch moments, you have failed once again. <laughs> he, he still might pop in, and then if it is, all hell's about to break loose. But, man, it is well, good to Jokey's talk to you. Jokey's going to DM me getting mad at me. And you want to know what? I deserve it, but it's a good joke. But man, it's good to talk to you. It's been a minute. Um, first of all, how's yeah. things going where you're at? Obviously, I know you've been working hard. Um, how's things down in Texas? Uh, it's 70 degrees today. <laughs> hey, hey, it was it's 50 today, and like what it was like in Ohio the last few weeks, 50 felt damn good. The sun was shining for the first time in a Dude, week. So I mean, sun's going down, and it was 50. I was doing a lap around my office. Uh, I have a workout group now. Um, and we were doing some cardio afterwards and it, it, I'm literally wearing just my, uh, workout shirt in shorts. And I'm like, and everybody's like, Oh, it must be cold for you. I was like, no, this is a Tuesday in Cleveland to me. Like I'm cool with that. Like, it's really weird when you move South, the weather difference is, especially in winter, it is so weird. Cause especially when you're surrounded by people who are from the South and they're not used to like below 20 degrees, it's like, we can't stand it. I'm like, what do you mean? This is a Tuesday for me. And they're like, you're not wearing five layers. I'm like, no, I'm wearing one layer and that's enough. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Granted, our office gets really warm, but, and you run the more issues of like people not knowing how to like keep their appliances working in the winter. Our office, like the furnace broke for like two days. It was ice cold, like terrible. And then the next day it was like the furnace is all the way up and everyone's sweating out of their clothes. It's like, what the hell guys come on? Yeah, so, but it's, it's been fun down here. Obviously cannot disclose what exactly I do because I don't want to, even though they say eat what you cook down here, it's more like uh I still don't want to disclose too much because that's how I've always been in sports. Like no one knew I was with the guardians until the very end. And, yep. you know, if you look through my account, add two and two together, you, you can find out one of the teams I'm with. The other one, I really don't talk about that much only because like, I don't think anyone on my Twitter account's going to care. So, <laughs> which you should, it's an awesome sport. It's just more like, all of you will think I've gone crazy. So, <laughs> but if it's they, fun. I'm doing it. If they don't I'm doing think a lot you're of crazy already. stuff right now. Yeah, you're a busy man for sure. I, I'm just saying, Jack, I've done some unofficial scouting. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, yeah, so, no. <laughs> so, right before we get sit down to record, obviously, there's Browns news. There's always Browns news. Um, Unfortunately, it's it's sad news just because it it is one of our key members of the coaching staff. We kind of expected it, didn't know if it was going to happen, but is it indeed happening now? Um, Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach, is leaving the team, going to Tennessee to join his son, Brian Callahan, who's the new head coach of the Titans, to be the offensive line coach. I mean, we expected this. We kind of knew if Brian Callahan got a job, there was the outside shot that Bill was going to go. They requested it's a done deal. Bill is going to Tennessee officially. He had a great run here. I mean, there is no qualms about what that man did for this organization. He was part of the culture shift in 2020 when he came with Stefanski and AB, uh, developed some great offensive linemen. Wyatt Teller, Ethan Posick kept Joel Batonio rolling. Jack Conklin was an all pro his first year. Got, got the best he could get out of Jed Wills, developed Dewan Jones, like the list goes on and on. The lineman that you know, Bill Callahan got his hands on, molded, developed. Alex, what do you got to say about Callahan leaving? Uh, it sucks. Uh, hopefully they have a good continu 
contingency plan in place. Uh, you knew this day was coming for at least a year since Callahan was getting in, uh, interviews with our teams. So you knew the day was coming. So I trust Kevin Stefanski as a backup plan. Um, you know, we talked about Peters privately in the DMs. He has a natural successor. He's been his protege for years. That's who I would go with. Whoever Callahan believes is the next him, just give it to that guy. Keep some stability in the organization. If they hire Peters right now, great. If they hire um, Dickerson, I'm fine with Dickerson because he's done a fine job in Seattle, maybe not great, but fine to the point where I trust he can continue that you know success on another level. But uh, I would go with Peters simply because He's never been an offensive line coach. He's always been Callahan's number two. It's time for him to take the reins and be that guy. No perfect situation for the guy to prove his stripes than to take over for Callahan here, continue building on what Callahan was doing. All the linemen will be happy. It's like no, no issues going forward. Happy for Brian and Bill. Um, rightfully so. They should be coaching together. Uh, with Brian's first head coaching job and Bill can help him with the mistakes he made along the way. So no quarrels with it. We knew it was coming. If he had stayed, I would have been ecstatic, but even when they first had, I was like, really, is he really going to stay? Because, you know, his son's going to call him one day and just say, dad, come on, just take the interview, please, please. And we knew it would happen eventually. So if it wasn't this year, it was going to be next year when, he didn't have a good O-line coach. He'll be like, okay, I'm going to fire him. Hey, Dad, do you want to come here? Yeah, I mean, we they kept him for a while. Um, I think there was a report a couple of weeks ago the Browns were paying him over $3 million a year to be offensive line coach. I mean, that was how valuable they thought Bill Callahan was to the organization, rightfully so. Great veteran coach, somebody Kevin Stefanski could lean on. Now he's going to go reunite with his son, his help his son as he transitions to being a head coach. You mentioned Scott Peters, assistant offensive line coach. That seems to make sense. Andy Dickerson, who they interviewed for offensive coordinator, I think could be a candidate. But according to reports, he may be going to New England to join former Browns OC Alex Van Pelt as their offensive line coach. So obviously good. good. Peters. Yeah. Peters. That's what we want. <laughs> I think it's going to be Peters. I would, I mean, be baffled unless he's going to go with Bill, which I guess is a possibility. I but... feel like. I feel like when you're in the grand scheme of things, Peters has been behind Callahan all this time. Yeah. To once again go and be, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to make this pitch or anything to him. It's more like right. when you work in sports, I, and this is probably a perspective from me who's worked in sports, it doesn't matter what department you're in, you can be in ticket sales for all I care. If you don't move up, People take note of that, that like you're just content. Mm -hmm. And with as competitive as this industry is on every single level, trust me, when you think coaches in those jobs are competitive, you have no idea on the business side how competitive these jobs are. So you have to keep moving up. You have to be able to be flexible and be able to move around until you get to the pinnacle. So if Peters doesn't take the job and goes with Callahan, my first question going forward in his career is, you had a good old line in Cleveland, a chance to rise up and be the, your, your guy's successor, and you just went and followed him. Why? Like, that's the first question that I have. Now, granted, you could say, you know, I didn't believe in what, the guys Cleveland had were going to be any good, which I doubt that's going to be a good answer. So it's more like he, if I'm him, if it's offered, he has to take it. Now, if I'm him and the Browns don't offer, I go with Callahan oh, because definitely. that's a slap in the face. Yes. But that's why I think Peters is going to get the call because you're going to have guys like Batonio and Teller and Pochich and Jones who are all going to say, Keep it going. We've already changed enough on the offense with Dorsey. Let's bring in Peters. Let's elevate him. We got him. 
Yeah, and he's also a former player, played a long time in the league. So, I mean, he relates to the players, too. There's that connection. So, I just think it's a smooth yep. transition, gives him the opportunity to be a position coach after being an assistant for so long. So, I think that's the move they probably go. I see some media members mentioning Mike Munchak. He's been out of the game a couple of years, but he's only 63. Like, if you want to smooth he's transition He's one of the best from, in the business. That's what I'm saying. If you want to go from great O-line coach to great O-line coach, there's that opportunity. But I do think it's I'm not going to complain Peters. about that if he's oh. still got it. No, definitely. I mean, he was with the Broncos, developed some good linemen there the last couple of years before he parted ways. But, yeah, I mean, if he wants to come, I mean, by all means. If they don't think Peters is ready and they want to go with Munchak, if that possibility is out there, I don't think anybody will complain, honestly. Not really. Um, as far as the offseason goes, Alex, because I haven't really talked to you about Browns stuff. How do you feel about like the way the offseason started? Obviously, they made coaching changes. They just hired Ken Dorsey, which if anybody hasn't listened to our previous episode, we had Kevin Mazzari on of Going Deep Buffalo, who talked about Dorsey and everything and why things ended the way they did in Buffalo. But how do you feel about that that hire at OC? Um, I mean, I'm fine with it. Uh he's a good mind. He's always been a good mind. The statistics show that, like, the plays were there, whether it was Josh Allen was playing like trash at the time. Maybe the, I mean, my complaint with Buffalo under him was they didn't run the ball enough. So maybe working under a Kevin Stefanski, it's going to help where Kevin's going to go, like, darn it, we need to run the ball. Like, you need to give the ball to Nick Chubb or, Jerome Ford or Pierre Strong or whoever the hell they draft. Like, I still think they're going to draft one. I don't know where. But whoever the heck they draft now, it's like he's going to want to run the ball to establish one. So I think Dorsey's going to learn a lot from Stefanski. Stefanski's going to learn a lot from him. Opens up a more spread offense, which I know he's more accustomed to running in Buffalo. So that helps, you know, Deshaun Watson out. So I'm fine with the move. I mean, was he my first choice? No, not really. Was I honestly fine with bringing Van Pelt back? Yes. Did I think it was a reactionary move that Jimmy Haslam forced? Possibly. Um, Again, anyone that knows me knows one thing. I don't trust Jimmy Haslam ever. I will never trust Jimmy Haslam. You and me both. And it's more like when they fired Alex Van Pelt, he was not the reason we lost that playoff game. I mean, it, it, he really wasn't. I mean, they were in it for the most part, and a couple of things broke Houston's way, and the dam broke open. Yeah. Like, look, if you had a healthy Nick Chubb, and I'll even say this, a healthy Sean Watson, who was at least looking like, at best, a league average to good top 10 quarterback. But if we go by the Ravens game where he ended, the Browns probably win that game easily because they have the running game. Watson can scramble way more than Flacco. And Watson was figuring out what he needed to do offensively. So I'm not sitting here saying Watson's the greatest QB ever. Do I think he looked league average by the end? Yes. Yeah. So my optimism is, He'll come back healthy. He'll be able to do some of the things he was able to do, play a little bit smarter, and we move forward. And if not, guess what? We have a first-round pick next year, and I know this front office will look at Jimmy Haslam and say, we're not afraid to use it on a quarterback. If we don't think he's the guy, Andrew Barry's a smart guy, and Jimmy will tell him too. Go get me a quarterback. And they won't hesitate because Andrew Barry knows this from his time with the Eagles working under Roseman, who took Jalen Hurts while they had Carson Wentz. Yes, that cap number is going to suck at first. But if he gets it right, it's not going to hurt that much. Just saying. Oh, oh, yeah, you're definitely right. And the whole like them hiring Dorsey, I think it was, it's very evident. They're doing this to try to make the passing game more explosive because I mean, God loves Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt. That's not their strong suit at fam or Stefanski's has been running the ball, you know, the play action stuff. Like he's made some stuff out of the gun work with Flacco. 
but they're trying to make this work with Deshaun. They have to make it work slightly, even though what you just said about the whole, the you know, the future with the draft pick and everything, they got to try to make this work. And I think it's because Jimmy Haslam doesn't want to look even more foolish if Deshaun comes back and he's just not the same quarterback, which is a very real possibility because it's been 12 games in three seasons now. He's coming off a major sh- shoulder surgery. We don't know what Deshaun's going to be. It, and if it's not right good, now, David, right now, David Tepper is holding that torch for worst stoner in the NFL. And if this really blows up in Jimmy's face and the Texans keep excelling, which, by the way, I'm going to use this moment to remind everybody the Texans did OK with the picks that they got from us. Mm-hmm. They just nailed on their own picks. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, remember that. And, and people will say, well, it supplanted their team. Sure, it did. And great teams do that. Same time, I'm not overly impressed with what they did. And, and call me after this draft and see how they did. But we'll see. Right. We've been on that side of the situation, too. The Julio Jones trade. Atlanta struck gold with Julio Jones. We didn't strike gold with the picks. We got back in return. That's just... And truthfully, if we're, be- if we're being honest here, if David Tepper isn't owning the Carolina Panthers, it's very possible that the GM at that time, I forgot who it was, who said he preferred C.J. Stroud, take C.J. Stroud, and we're not even talking about Houston. Right. Potentially, because Bryce Young could have thrived here. We may not even be talking about Houston as a great team. We could be talking about Houston as, they whiffed on QB. Both the Browns and the Texans look stupid. Mm-hmm. It, 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 in this league, sometimes you got to get lucky. And this is one of those scenarios where Houston basically had a coin flip. Either you're getting the franchise quarterback or the other team's going to take him before you. And it looks like on paper, they won that coin flip. And good for them. But going back to my point, like this is all trying to make it worked for Watson because like I said, Hazard doesn't want to look foolish. And if it doesn't work, who's the scapegoat? Stefanski. So they're trying everything they can to make this offense more explosive, make it work for Watson. Dorsey has the track record with working with quarterbacks with Cam Newton and Josh Allen. They're, they're trying to make this thing work. And do I, am I a Watson fan? No, but at the end of the day, I want the Browns to win. If, they're going to try to put all their eggs in the basket, trying to make this thing work. Then, you know, you got to see it through and see how it plays out. But was I a big Dorsey fan? No. The things I heard from Kevin and, you know, talking to other people, it doesn't look promising. But at the end of the day, if Stefanski is still calling plays, I'm good with it because well, from what Kevin told us the other night, Dorsey's a great play designer. And I think he's going to help. Unlo- unlock that passing attack is all down to because Watson come back healthy. Do they add some more uh, explosiveness at the wide receiver position and potentially at running back behind Chubb? You know, there's pieces there. They need to add a few more this off season, but everything's there. We we'll just got to see. see what four is going to be able to do. Yep. And, you know, transition into that, Alex, we're going into the off season. Obviously, you know, the Browns will create cap space. What do you think is the position that they have to attack this offseason, like in free agency or, or whether it's a trade? Do you think it's wide receiver like people are talking about right yeah, now, or do you think it's another it position? Is. You have to go after wide receiver because, look, looking at this draft and looking how it could go, you might be able to get a decent young wide receiver with that second-round pick. Mm-hmm. But as we're learning with Cedric Tillman, we can't keep – betting when we don't have a first round pick on these kids to come right in and dominate. Do I think Cedric Tillman can develop? Yes, I do believe that he's shown some flashes. But they were asking a lot of a rookie to do that. And when you trade Donovan Peoples Jones, and let's be honest, you still don't give Tillman reps. I don't know if it's just he doesn't have a route tree like I had gone through and seen he didn't really have much of that but now did Hyatt who Jimmy wanted to um but it's more like you need to develop them and remember people Donovan Peoples Jones wasn't a star in year one 
and he was a he was a late first early second grade for me because I felt like he was a guy that just needed someone to tap into it, it tap into the potential and get him there. Now he's with the Lions, not really making it, but he had a good couple seasons for us where he was a reliable receiver. Do I think Tillman can get there in year two? Yes, I do think he can get to DPJ levels in year two. He should. If he doesn't, then we got a bigger problem. Yeah. I think you need to go after another true number two wide receiver that puts Elijah Moore in the slot where he will be best at, or you can move, you know, Elijah and Amari Cooper and intertwine them between outside and slot and kind of keep that mixed up opening things up for either one of them, because as we saw Elijah, you know, become something towards the end of the year where he's finally realizing his potential that I always believed in. Cause you remember Jack, I was sky high on that kid. Going A lot of people were. Draft. Yeah, I mean, I loved them. Yeah. And you know, there are, there are some interesting draft pieces, but you know, as our good friend, Mr. Jack Duffin points out, most of the guys that I like, too old yeah so you know what if they're too old at wide receiver screw it go buy a wide receiver and jack i don't mind spending big because there's one guy i want that is going to help us make deshaun very happy and be the biggest blow to a division rival you can get i need t higgins out of Cincy immediately because I've been arguing with you about this for a long time. Jamar Chase is a great wide receiver. Do not get me wrong on this. Mm-hmm. T Higgins makes that offense go period. End of story. Name me a guy who runs like him, who is six foot five and can do the things athletically he can do. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase can't do those things. So you tell me, what cornerback is really going to be able to really defend that guy when you have also Jamar Chase? You can't double T. Higgins, and you can't double Jamar Chase. So I'm hoping no matter what, T. Higgins gets out of Cincy. You need to go be a number one receiver somewhere. Why not here? Um, and all due respect to Amari Cooper, but you know, one day we're going to have to probably move on for salary reasons. Yeah. So come on in let's go in right now if it all works out great and i do think and this is here's my bold prediction if they are able to steal t higgins away from the Bengals, i'm not saying the Bengals are going to suck they're a very very good team and joe burrow is a is an outstanding quarterback however i think that passing game is going to take a slight dip on what they're used to seeing from a healthy burrow because they need T. Higgins more than they need Jamar Chase. I've been saying this since day one. You cannot underestimate the true mismatch, which is T. Higgins. And with him over there, with Chase over on the other side, Chase is going to see more double teams than anyone else in the league. Good luck getting open. And you can get open, Jamar, but good luck. Because it's not going to be as easy as it once was. And Burrow's going to have to hope to God they can keep Tyler Boyd or get somebody else in the picture that can be even as – or they develop the kid from Princeton that yeah. they have into that. Like, And I think that's their hope with them. But it's more like that's a lot of hope on one kid. And they could draft one this year too. I mean, that's – They could. They could, but I just don't know what's going to be there at their pick. I mean, they're like 18. I don't think one of those elite guys who's the same as a T. Higgins is going to be there. Just looking at it, it it doesn't make any sense that either. But, I mean, though I know the T. Higgins talk is like the the sexy talk right now. I said it the other day. I think he gets tagged, and I think he gets traded. I think the Bengals aren't going to try to let him go away completely I, without anything like they can get a third round pick but i just don't see cleveland as a feasible place for t higgins i know that they share that him and deshaun watson share the same agent so the connections there deshaun you know made the pitch to him on his podcast 
with Quincy Avery. I just don't see it. I just don't see like the money yeah, that Higgins they, is going to they, get. They're not going to let him have a chance to come to Cleveland. Right. They're not going to let him. They're too smart for that. So when you look at the the list of free agents, I I don't see Michael Pittman as a legit option or Mike no. Evans, Marquise Brown as somebody I don't even really want. So then you get to the you Calvin Ridley. Already have that in in um what you Eli- call it in Elijah. Uh, Elijah. Yeah, yeah, you already so, have that. Like, so we're looking at the Calvin Ridleys, the Gabe Davises. Um, um, you know, those are like the two guys in free agency that I would honestly pursue. So. Uh, and it all comes down to what kind of relationship does Gabe have with Ken Dorsey. It's a great um, one. Okay, good. Kevin Kevin Mazzari told us, like I said, if you guys haven't listened so to the podcast, please Gabe do. Davis then would be plan B because he's 6'3". He has that size that you need at the position. He's explosive. He's got reliable hands. Would make a ton of sense. Now, if you're looking for beyond Amari Cooper life after him you go after calvin ridley because yes that's pretty much the same receiver which i just don't see them signing the exact same receiver they want someone bigger one of those size speed receivers that's more proven yeah and that would be gabe davis i know people will say mike evans i don't think he's going anywhere baker ain't gonna allow that shit to happen no so yeah no and Mike that's Evans and Baker got along. So I think anybody is going to say, oh, Mike Evans don't want to play with him. Baker got well, him the Well, the big question is, what does Mike Evans' dad think of Baker? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just asking a question, people. Because clearly OBJ's dad don't like Lamar anymore. And and even if we don't go free agency, maybe there's a trade out there. I know, you know, the Jerry Judy rumors. Be. The Jerry Judy rumors will start again. Um, Denver's in a a weird spot, and maybe like they trade Cortland Sutton. I doubt they really do that, but I think Judy's available. My boss is a huge Bronco fan. I think he'd sell off Jerry Judy for nothing at this point. You know the situation I'm in. I I said to Trista the other day. I said, "What about Cortland Sutton?" And she turned around and she goes, "No." And I said, "I know. I just figured I'd ask." <laughs> but maybe I there's. Mean, a- Maybe there's a sneaky trade because the Elijah George Moore... Pickens. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but two years ago, Alex, the Amari Cooper trade came out of nowhere. Last year, we thought we were getting Jerry Judy. We get Elijah Moore. We know how Andrew Barry works. There's got to be some sneaky wide receiver trade that that we're not seeing that could happen. Um, Terry McLaurin is the other sexy name that people want to talk no, about. No, you know, you want? Do you want to hear a name that I could see? Lay it on. I mean, he's pissed off right now where he is, and he'd love to come home. I know it would piss off Rodgers, but the, I wouldn't mind a Garrett Wilson. Oh, Garrett Wilson. I can't see the Jets giving up on him. I know. And I I have Lions fans who keep texting me, and uh, they keep saying, well, we want Justin Jefferson. It's like, whoa, hold on, hold on. No. Number one, they're not going to trade him in division. And I'm like, well, if Justin Jefferson's available, Kowessi and AB are friends. We don't have the picks. Well, we do, but yeah, just they probably want to pick. I mean, I mean, if he's available, I take I, I take a long look at it. I'd take DK if the, Seattle wanted to get rid of him. I think Justin's the one that's going to be available. That would be stunning. I think. It, Here's my bold prediction for the offseason. Justin Jefferson gets traded because Minnesota is dead. If they don't get Kirk Cousins back. Or if they don't trade contract, up. Or if they don't trade up. Yeah. They got to do something to get that quarterback. And like I said, if Kirk doesn't come back, I think all bets are off. They know they got to get a quarterback. So, granted, I think at that point, you're not getting them. I think they're going to use Justin Jefferson and their pick as bait for a team like, I'm just going to say, New England or, you know, Arizona, you know, to move up in the draft and say, okay, we know you're interested in Marvin Harrison Jr., but what if we give you our pick in Justin Jefferson? Yeah, you're going to have to pay him, but... 
He's an elite wide receiver. Like if I'm Arizona and they call me and say, what, Arizona's four or five, and they say, mm-hmm. hey, we'll give you uh, Justin Jefferson and our pick to just move up. I'd be like, where do I sign? Where the heck do I sign? Kyler, are you good with this? And Kyler would be like, are you kidding me? Where do I sign? And if I'm the Vikings, it's like, okay, who's who's on the board? Because I truly believe someone in the top three is not taking a quarterback. Someone is taking Marvin Harrison there, and a QB is going to drop to Arizona to where all bets are off. It should be Chicago. I think they should take Marvin and and stick with Fields, but I get it because of the money and everything. But yeah, I mean, the I draft... get it too, and we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So let's actually just dive into the draft because this week is the Senior Bowl, and yep. you know we we've been talking a little bit about it in the DMs uh, because you think one guy is a potential pick for the Browns, but overall, like you know, the senior bowl, like, is there guys you're keeping a close eye on? Uh, is there guys that we should be keeping a close eye on as Browns fans? Um, obviously practice has been going on these last couple of days, um, but the game is on Saturday. Like who has stood out to you so far? Who is somebody you're keeping an eye on? So please forgive me if I have not memorized names, please understand that I've also been doing actual scouting for other sports so yeah. if i don't have the names i apologize because i watched for about an hour at lunch today yeah on my computer um i have two screens so i was able to put it up on one my boss looked at me he's like really i was like wait for the combine buddy wait for the he's like you're gonna have it on all days you're working i said yes and no one's gonna argue and he's like yeah we don't care I'm like, you're my, like my shit's all done. My stuff's all done. So <laughs> this is how it's gonna be. Alex is gonna be like, I gotta watch the gauntlet. You need to let me watch oh, the gauntlet. Oh, they know. <laughs> they, so I. It, what's funny is I've told people about the gauntlet, and when they hear what I'm so like, our GM, I've explained like how I watch it, and they're like, Are you watching in slow motion to watch? I said, Yep. And he said, Show me the list, and I've shown him the list, and he's like this is fairly accurate of like guys who surprise like last year, you know, who got a perfect score on his, who was like a fifth round pick by Seattle and surprised everybody as a solid wide receiver. Jake Bobo. Oh yeah. Perfect. He had a perfect gauntlet and look at him. Seattle's great at scouting wide receivers too. So, so am I. So am I. Oh, yes. Um, my friend. Uh, but uh, the South Carolina wide receiver, I know he's probably going first round. Um, he's playing really well right now. Roman Wilson's the guy who I keep telling Browns fans keep an eye out. You want explosive receivers? I'm telling you, coming from a guy who watches Michigan re- religiously, that dude in that offense. His stats do not tell you the whole story. Explosive as heck, great hands, good route runner, gets open and dangerous in the open field. You want someone who's going to replace, you know, a Marquise Goodwin, something like that. That's the guy. That's the guy I'm looking at and going like, yes, I want him. Uh, there are a couple of defensive tackles who've been playing well. I know the one on Missouri is having a big week this week. Uh, he, I watched him a little bit today, but you can tell that dude is playing like an animal possessed. You know me, Jack. I love my guys in the trenches. I have not fully dug into everybody yet, but you better believe, Jack, in the future when we get closer to draft, I'm going to know a lot more about the defensive tackles. And Browns fans, I'm going to warn you right now, with that second-round pick, I'm once again looking at a defensive tackle, not because I don't believe in who we drafted last year, but more so depth at that position is so freaking important. You don't yes. even know. Um, I trust they will find edge guys all over the place because they have a track record of doing that. Yes. Alex Wright, they have multiple free agents. Isaiah McGuire. I mean – Yep. They they have guys yes. that are going to start developing. You need to start doing this with defensive tackle, shore up that middle, which is what Jim Schwartz wants. Now, 
the one thing I've been watching is quarterbacks. And the reason why is Jack knows this. I'm open to drafting a QB. Mm -hmm. Very open to it. I don't want Joe Milton anymore. Uh, Guys, I already have my comp. Cardale Jones. I don't know how I didn't see this sooner. Good old lead feet. He has lead feet. I hate his footwork. He's landing on, he's flat footing it. No wonder why he's not accurate. No one ever taught him to do this. Great arm, but no, don't want him. Uh, Spencer Rattlers looked really good. I've seen he was one of the outstanding performers. He's quietly trending with his hype and everything and with improvements the last two years. Don't be stunned if this kid's going to start getting first round consideration again. Like I'm, I would not be stunned by the end of this process. He's that late first round guy, Ryan, the threshold. Bo Nix has had a solid week. I think Spencer has passed him. And when you talk about like pure arm ability, Spencer is better. Teams are going to like that. Bo Nix, very much a good arm, good decisive arm but not a great deep ball guy. And I've seen a few passes where he was really short. Like there's no reason he should be short. Uh, Michael Penix looks great this week. I think he's locked himself up as a top 10 player in this draft. Uh, he He's going to be an interesting case as time goes on. Yeah. I mean, people will say, well, he didn't play well against Michigan. Michigan had one of the greatest defenses I have seen in college in some time. Forget the fact that they were cheating. Forget that. Because after they were caught, they beat Penn State. They beat Ohio State. They beat you at, I'm, I'm sorry, Alabama. I keep thinking because they were at the Coliseum. They're, they're playing USC. They beat Alabama. And then they beat Washington, who was one of the best offenses in all of college football. That defense, that secondary was elite. Mm-hmm. The elite of the elite. Like, I I can't put in the words how good they were. Not Alabama great, but, like, that's one of the best Big Ten defenses you'll ever see. One of the best. So, they didn't need the cheat. I think they just did it because Harbaugh wanted to win a championship, which we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but, you know... Those are the guys I'm looking at. Uh, I'm going to keep my eyes on any of the running backs that perform well in game. I, As much as I want to watch like the practices, I'm more concerned about what they do when they're really playing. Like drills are drills. You know, I want to see a real game. I want to see who, who cuts, you know, into the hole the best, you know, who sees it and cuts better than anyone else. Like, you know me, Jack. I love Blake Corum. I do have my injury concerns and carry concerns. And he's old. Yes, I know. <laughs> but you see why I like him, yes. though. Yes. Because in our offense, it's about cutting, finding the hole, cutting into it, and exploding out of it. There may not be a better guy who's a one-cut running back than Blake Corum in this draft. Right. So for me, it's like, that's a zone running back right there. Get him on Miami, the 49ers, Cleveland, any get him on San Diego, even because they'll run a little bit of that. Get him on any team that runs zone and let him go. Just let him go. He may give you three years, but it'll be three really good years. Absolutely. And that and that's all you need because he'll be done with his rookie contract. You're on to the next guy, because as our good friend LaShawn Brown says. Running backs do not matter. Yep. I acknowledge uh, my tribal chief. <laughs> just to give people a couple names that I've been watching, obviously, Javon Foster, the offensive tackle out of Missouri. That's like one of my draft crushes. If they got him late day two, early day three, I think he could be a replacement for Jed Wills at the position. Uh, he's been impressive this week. Um, Jacob Cowing from Arizona. Day three, potential wide receiver that I like. Brendan Rice, he's been playing really good. The wide receiver Brendan out of USC. Is on my list. He's on my mid-round. I know, but he's on my list of like mid-round receivers where it's like 
I, he's like his dad. He plays faster on the field than he's going to run. Yes. And it's like, but do we run the right offense for him? That sure. that becomes the question. Does he get open like his dad does? And at, at times he does, at times he doesn't. It's like, I need to go back and watch again. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like he can separate like his dad could, Kevin's going to be like, how the heck do I get this guy in the team? I think those, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the 14 Harris are going to do whatever it takes to get him. I wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me. I'm sure point. Jerry's up there telling uh, Lynch and Shanahan, like, bring my kid to the Bay Area. He won't yep. let you guys down. Let him wear 80. <laughs> but um, No pressure, kid. <laughs> you were talking about D tackles. Dwayne Carter out of Duke. Potential yep. day two, maybe day three pick. Explosive three tech. He's been having a great week too. Uh, there's yep. one of your guys to watch for sure. But um, you had told me that you have decided who your QB one is. And even though the Browns aren't taking a quarterback, I will always give you the floor when it comes to the quarterbacks, because you are the wise man at that position. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is your QB one? All right. Everybody uh, is going to be a little bit shocked by this, but it is no longer Caleb Williams. He was, it was one, a one B with this guy. And reading some articles, looking at some tapes, and then really sitting down and thinking about the last two years. What has happened to Caleb Williams? Is it a, you know, ego, you know, Johnny Manziel type decline where he got a lot early on. Everybody was in his ear going like, you're going to be the number one pick. You're the guy. You're a generational quarterback, blah, 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 blah. And on paper, He is a generational quarterback. There's no question about it in my mind. But I do have, as a Browns fan, Johnny Manziel question marks. Can he handle it? And this last year, the more I thought about it, the man couldn't handle it. And I have to make a tough decision by saying, until you prove me otherwise, you are Johnny Manziel level. I got to treat you like Johnny Manziel. I can't fully trust you as QB1 until you prove to me otherwise. Meanwhile, there is another player who makes a lot of the same throws, who has the same talents, who thrived at a lesser school, granted not a power five school. He's got the size. He's got the mobility. He's got the arm. Drake May is QB1, and I feel safe right now to lock that in until the draft like i know some people are gonna be like well he reminds me a lot of sam howell yeah sam howell was smaller and drake may make some plays where we talk about the same way with caleb williams of like oh my god how did he do that it's like even in the regular season college we were not talking about Drake May when he's doing the exact same thing Caleb Williams is doing. He's making the same plays that we go like, I can't believe Caleb did that. And it's like, well, Drake May just did that. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to take the quiet one over here who is humble and leads his team to victories over the guy who, and I know it was his last game at USC, and he knew it was, runs over to his mother and cries after losing. And I'm not saying that makes him any less of a person. However, you have to know, as a professional, the audience you are under. And the scrutiny it's going to put you and your team under. Do you not trust your teammates to comfort you in this moment? Or are you going to just, with the cameras on you, run to your family? That it, it, That's a Bo Callahan type moment. Where it's like, does he trust his teammates? Because that's something that he could have gone to the locker room. He could have walked over to his parents and said, hey, Need me in the locker room. I need a hug. I need a shoulder to cry on. I got him coming over to you. Just meet me there away from the cameras. Instead, what does he do? He jumps into the stands and does it. And I get it. It's an emotional moment. There's a lot going on. 
I can only imagine if I was in those shoes how I'd feel. But then again, dude had one more year of eligibility. And the dude could have said, you know what? I'm not declaring. I, I, I have unfinished business here at USC. I played like shit this year. We lost a lot of games. I'm coming back. And we're going to win. I'm going to lead you into this new era in the Big Ten. And you know what? I would have said that's a leader. But when the going got tough, dude ran away. And yet he wants to have the nerve to say, I really don't want to play for Chicago. Dude, you haven't played one snap in the NFL. It's one of those things. On the field, yes, he should be QB1. There's no question about it. I've been saying it since the first time I saw him at Oklahoma, that he should be QB1 in this draft, and it's not even close. However, over the last few years, I'm seeing a pattern that mentally I'm like, bro, I I don't know if I can trust you to run it to be the leader of my team. And if I'm Chicago, here's what I do. I go to Justin Fields. I reaffirm to him, you are the guy. I have not built a team around you. I have failed you. So I'm going to do what's best for you. I'm going to get better O-line play. I'm going to get a better offensive coordinator, which it looks like they're doing. And now I'm going to get another wide receiver. But you know what? I got the number one pick. I'm going to make sure as I sign you to a big contract, I can afford your contract and also keep building around you. So I go with the rumor of possibly the Broncos wanting to move up to number one and get them, get Caleb Williams. Well, guess what? I want three first round picks. Three. He's a franchise quarterback. I got my franchise quarterback. And if I'm wrong about it, y'all are going to laugh at me, but you know what? This is my guy. This is him. And you know what? I still think Justin Fields can be a franchise quarterback if he had the right pieces around him. And honestly, if I'm the Bears, you're playing with house money. Why are you wasting it on a guy that I think has serious leadership concerns? Justin Fields has never once shown that to me, except calling things out when it needed to be called out. I'm going to take, and this is a take you probably never thought you'd hear me say, Jack, but in today's college world, I'll take the guy from OSU over the guy from USC all day, every day, because I trust Ryan Day to mentally prep them for the NFL. Evidence, CJ Stroud. Yep. USC's evidence, who? What? They don't exist? Oh. I didn't know that. Carson Palmer was your last great quarterback from USC. We don't count Mark Sanchez because we all know he was booty. So I'm just saying. No, you're right, man. I think it's going to be a fascinating three, uh, what, almost three months up to the draft. If they they move fields, it better be for another one. It better be, and it won't, which is a mistake. I'd keep an eye on Vegas now that they hired Cliff. That's true. That seems like a fit. And a dome on turf. Or no, they got natural grass because they bring it in. But Well, uh, I think the Raiders would give up three ones for him. For Fields? No, for Caleb. Oh, for Caleb? Yeah, but I'm saying Because that's his offensive coordinator at USC. This is true. Remember that? Yeah. So that's a possibility if I'm – if I'm the Bears, the Bears are going to get good offers for that pick. I mean, there's no they doubt about it. They need to take it because it's like, if you're the Panthers right now, how do you really feel about everything? You know, team. you're losing Brian Burns this offseason when you had two ones on the table for him. Like, you have to pay this guy absurd amounts of money to keep him. Yeah. Because he's probably going to be like, I'm just going to be in it for the money at this point, and rightfully so. Oh, I would, but yeah. It's, but it's like, dude, what are we doing here? Like, if it's this this bad, 
in Carolina, like that trade could end up being worse than the Watson trade. And the selfish part of me wants the trade to happen with number one, because if everything works out in Chicago and I know it's going to blow up in Carolina, we are all going to look at that Carolina trade and see all the picks that turned into. And we will never talk about the Watson trade. Yeah, it's Cleveland being Cleveland. Okay, cool. But this trade, it turned into like six first-round picks. Yeah, it's bad. That's that. And right they gave up a number one the receiver. Walker. Yeah, that is the Herschel Walker trade. Closest thing to it. I mean, no one looks at that as that's the Herschel Walker trade. But it is, even as it stands now. It's not even about who the Texans picked. It's about the fact that the Bears got the freaking number one pick. And if Caleb Williams all works out and Bryce Young doesn't, this is the Herschel Walker trade. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating couple months with Caleb Williams for sure. Because I think, like yeah. like you said, the talent's there, but he's going to get he's going to get poked and prodded and scrutinized. And, you know, maybe Drake may jumps them at the end of the day, maybe whoever's the number one pick, maybe they're like, yeah, we'll go with may, but I think they do go with Caleb, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And, you know, you know, the Browns have a first round pick, but we're going to talk about the draft to the ends of the earth between now and April. So it's going to be fun. I won't let you do anything else. (laughs) Um, As we wrap things up, Alex, I got to give you credit, man. You had it weeks before everybody else did i've um, had this for four years well dude. yeah that too that too we i mean we all knew he was going to jump to the nfl once he finally won every, in michigan every detail and y'all and you are did. like every detail from the minnesota one to today yep. i have had everything guys when i say i have a source you need to freaking believe me on this. Especially when it yeah, when it comes to Michigan, definitely. Definitely so, does. Okay, let's let me tell you the story of how this happened because it's I'm not gonna reveal my source, but well, obviously my my source texted me because I reached out to him when the cheating scam broke and I said, What's going on? And he says, It's not good. And I said, What's not good? He said don't you find it weird that we are about to sign Jim Harbaugh to a five-year extension and make him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten, give him everything he wants, and this comes out? And I said, well, my question is, who leaked it? And he said, that we don't know, but we have a theory. I said, what's the theory? We believe it came from the AD's office. I said, Ward Manual. He said, I don't think it's Ward, but an ally of Ward, which Michigan fans have connected the dots. It was an ally of Ward Manuals. Because Ward Manual and Jim Harbaugh do not like each other. I've known this for a long time. This stems from their beliefs and how NIL should be used. Jim Harbaugh believes this is the modern day college athletics where players should be paid rightfully so and equally. Meanwhile, Ward Manuel believes at the University of Michigan, we offer you the best education in the world. And we are Michigan. And that's it. You should be honored that you're coming to Michigan. You don't need money. You should be honored. You have a scholarship to study here and play here which is the incorrect move in today's world. So my source said, look, this is bad. And he said, we have stuff on Ohio State, but it's no one's ever going to really believe it because, you know, we got caught first. Fair, got it. And he and as you know my stance on this, Jack, everybody cheats like this. Yeah. I did this in high school in Ohio. For right. God's sake, they they teach you this in high school. Come on. So you go to other people's games and you pick off the signs. They did what you did in high school. It's yep. just against the rules. It's, that's the violation. They will be punished. Probably yep. not as bad as you think, but they'll be punished. Anyways, beyond that. So I said, so what's really going on? And he said, well, they're going to suspend them a couple games. Don't say that yet. Still in the early stages. 
closer to it, he says, yes, Sharon's going to be running things. So then we get to the Penn State game. And after the speech, I get a text. And he said, talking with multiple people, they are in love with Sharon. They feel like he could be next in line. And Ward is fascinated with him. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is great. Just sign him to the damn contract. Give him what he wants. We're in a lead program. We'll be fine. And he said, that's where I am, but I don't know anymore. We're going to keep trying, but uh, keep your eyes up. I think Jim's going to wait this out. So we get to, after Ohio State, all that stuff happens. You know, move on past that. Move past Big Ten Championship. They win that. And then we get to uh, the Rose Bowl because my contact is possibly going to Rose Bowl. I'm like, hey, think about uh, maybe going to Houston if, uh, you know, they make it. Are you going to be there? He said, not really sure yet, focusing on this. And uh, I've heard some things. I'm like, what's going on? He said, this is Harbaugh's final ride. This is his last dance. I said, what happened? He said, well, Ono, the, the school president, wanted him there. He was willing to make the offer that, he wanted which was later leaked but he said ward doesn't want to do it and a few of the regents don't want to do it as well i'm like oh great this is amazing now um he said jim is expecting to just test the waters he said here are the teams that we think he'd be interested in he listed chicago the chargers and vegas those were the three he had his most interest in. Um, I said, which one do you think he'd take? He said, Chicago or L.A. So when L.A. became open, I knew this was very real. I said, if it came down to L.A. or Chicago, which one? He said, Chicago, probably, because he'd love to work with Caleb Williams and have all that flexibility, yada, yada, yada. So he wins the national championship. We're all happy. I said, okay, what's going on? He said, he's going to be taking interviews. And uh, the ship has sailed. I said, okay, should I? It was like day before I said it. And I said, what's going on? And he's like, this is it. The last chance. And they were confident they were going to win that game. Yeah, They're like, there's no way Washington's winning this game. Players kind of already know this is it for him. Uh, They're fighting for Sharon right now. I said, so what happened? If they lose, he said, Sharon will not get the head coaching job. I was like, what? And he's like, I mean, they might give it to him, but I think it's going to be a more open process. Mm -hmm. If they win, done deal, Sharon Moore, next head coach of Michigan football. I said, can I run with this? And he's like, go right ahead. I'm sure they would love for all their plans to be leaked. So I broke that that Mm -hmm. night before. Um, and pointing out that this is the swan song for him. And when they won, you know, we were happy, all that stuff. And I said, so any chance he goes back to Ono and gets Ward fired? He said, he's going to try. He would prefer to stay and get everything he wants. But I don't think they're willing to fire Ward yet. So I said, okay, so Chargers, right? He said, don't say it yet don't wait a little bit let them have the moment because if it gets leaked they're going to be all pissed you know while they're celebrating give him about a week so when he takes that second interview that's where he was like as he was getting on the plane i got the text he's like it's done yeah. it's done you can go you can go ahead i'm like are you sure he said he ain't leaving a second time to come back without a contract he's gone yeah ward ward offered what he wanted at the end to say he did, but it was too late. Yeah, I mean, Ward played the ultimate bleep you move of like, oh yeah, here's the contract you wanted. Oh, I forgot that the whole time. And Harbaugh was just like, no, no, I'm not dealing with you anymore. I want to win a Lombardi trophy. I love Michigan. And basically what I heard was he basically told Ward, you're going to screw over Sharon, but I'm going to back this dude on the way out, which I had said from the beginning, which I'd heard. But basically, Harbaugh told uh, Ward, I'm backing this dude publicly to you. So 
people know I believe in him and you know I believe him and the regents know I believe in him. And if this fails, it is not Jerome Moore's fault. It is your fault. And you've already heard rumors that their NILs are not as strong this year, that they're not putting as much into it. And Sharon is struggling to replace some of the pieces that he was looking at. Like Zachary Orr was a guy that he was looking at to hire from John Harbaugh's staff in Baltimore to be the defensive coordinator. And I don't know what the details are there, but, you know, Baltimore made the offer. And that's that. Like, we'll see what the future holds, but they still don't have a defensive coordinator, and that's not for no reason. And I think it's because their money has gone down, the funding, and you're talking about an athletic director who has, for the record, lost his basketball coach that took him to two final fours and two finals games in John Beeline. He lost his baseball coach, who was considered one of the best, most analytically forward managers in college baseball. And also, I believe his pitching coach is now the pitching coach for the Detroit Tigers. So you had an elite coaching staff lost all that your new basketball coach is a dumpster fire who has health issues and attitude problems so your basketball program is far worse than what you left in and your hockey program which was one of the best in the country now had now you had to fire your coach for a uh, scandal on that end and now you've lost Harbaugh which again you know I hate Harbaugh but he won you a national title. I can't argue that anymore. War Manuel's lost all of this. And I can tell you, it's very split up in Michigan. And Ohio State fans that say, we're going to drop 60 on you next year. Here's my message as a Michigan fan. Please, I'm begging you, drop 60 on us. Not because I don't like Sharon Moore but because the way they're running things is so piss poor and so backwards, that is the nail in the coffin for Ward Manual. You want Ward Manual there if you want Michigan to suck. You do not want to drop 60 on these guys. Heck, you want Michigan to pull off the upset next year because they'll further believe while his contract is coming up very soon that, oh, Ward Manual can turn it around. But if you're dropping 60 on us in football, that dude ain't getting extended. And we're going to be watching what your AD is doing. And we're going to be, we need to do that. How do we do that? We need to, we need to be forward thinking like that and get back to that level, which honestly is best for the rivalry. But a lot of Ohio State fans prefer to see Michigan lose all the time, which is sad, but whatever. It is what it is. That's rivalries for you. I'd, I'd rather us be undefeated like we've been every year and we fight it out and hate each other in that atmosphere rather than one team sucking and one team on the cusp of a natty. I mean, there's really no bragging rights for that one. No. So, but that's what's been going on in Michigan. That's how I knew everything. And really, he gave me bits and pieces. I've known enough of this from the beginning where he just said, you figure it out. You're smart. And I didn't need anything more than here's what's going on. It was just a text of this is what's happening. You know the rest. It's like, oh, oh, well, that's going on. So, I mean, guys, I had my source. I broke this one. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says out in L.A. There are a couple guys going, I broke it. No. Hi, my name is Alex. Uh, yeah, I may be a Cleveland fan. But I'm also a Michigan man, and uh, I have Michigan men who tell me these things. I've been breaking this for four years. Jack can attest I had everything in Minnesota, on the Michigan side at least, not on the Minnesota side, which would have been helpful. But, you know, we didn't know. We just assumed. Right. But we got it this time, and I wasn't afraid to run with it again. Because, again, as I disclaimed, and that disclaimer, we've been here before. I only know the Michigan side. I don't know the other side. But even Minter going, I knew that was going to happen. I mean, 
every little detail that's come out since it's like holy crap he told me everything you were without really telling me much it was just like oh he gave me this sound I was like two plus two. Oh, oh wait a minute wait a minute oh i connected all the dots Oh, that's what's happening. <laughs> that was great stuff, man. And I always appreciate you sharing the information with me too. I, you know. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I tell, I told Jack more than anybody. <laughs> yeah, and not only is one Michigan man in the NFL, but two, because Mike McDonald is now the coach of the Seahawks. Which, hey, anytime the Baltimore maybe. Ravens, uh, they get people plucked out of their organization. I should have, I should have worn, I should have worn my uh, one of my barstool shirts for you. <laughs> I I got the fifteen and oh one with the Natty trophy, the ring one, and then uh I got the hoodie, the official hoodie that says Hale on it, you know. Hey, you know what? Victors. Congrats to you guys. I mean, yes. Hey, hey, you it, know what? I, it, I it's I going want... to be tainted, but hey, at the end of the day, you guys were the national champs. Can I say this to Buckeye fans everywhere? Use the floor because I know you have a bigger platform. Buckeye fans bullied me as a kid. Even when we won, I got bullied. It was not fair. And I hated Ohio State. I want to say it's about my national championship. I don't give a damn if it's taken. You can't take away my merch. You can't take away everything that says it happened. It happened. And for me, most importantly, I hate you a little bit less because I got my moment. Do you understand that? If I can just get that, I, I hate you a little bit less. I can tolerate you a little bit more. Like, geez. Three like three three wins over you in a row and a title. You know what? I'm a little bit more sane now, Jack. You and guys it's don't get under title. my skin as it's much. It's not. It's an outright title. It's not the co one you had in '97 too. Whatever. I call that a true national championship team because we had the Heisman too. Did I just Nebraska watched, have the Heisman winner. They did not. Real quick, did you watch the? I rest my case. Did you watch the thirty for thirty on the ninety-seven Heisman? Standing, I Very loved it. One of my all-time favorite. I love those where they do it like in news clippings. Yes, and oh, I love those. That oh, was that was that was beautiful. phenomenal. Yeah, that was one of my all-time favorites. Same. All right, man, we're gonna wrap this up. Thank you so much for coming on. You'll definitely be on a few more times before the draft. Always appreciate your friendship and and your insight, man. Appreciate you, brother. Of course, you guys follow Alex on Twitter X, whatever the hell it's called now uh at the cle sports guy uh you can follow me on twitter at jack mccurry 08 um as well as all my other social media platforms and at the dogland uh, everywhere on social media uh we'll be back next week preview the super bowl i think we got something else in the works too so with that take care guys have a good one and as always go browns